check. Another week that Chet's gone on the podcast? Oh my God. I'm here today with Charles. He doesn't love you like I love you. <laughs> Wait, that was my go to uh, rock band song. By uh, the yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. Maps, baby. Yeah, go to. Anyway. Yep, learned how to play that on the drums, and that was the only song that I could play on the drums. <laughs> and I can't do the kick at the same time because I'm not a professional drummer or coordinated enough because the drums, as it turns out, takes a lot of coordination, and I don't have it. I got real good at rock band drums, despite my friend, because he was like starting to get good at rock band drums, and uh, I'd gotten pretty good at guitar. And I don't know, he was talking shit one day, and so I just like... I also had a key to his apartment. So I was like, <laughs> he was in class and I just went over to his apartment and just like did the tutorial for drums and then just like started playing songs for like an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, then I was really good. And that was just my instrument then. That's <laughs> so when we were together as a group. <laughs> I would just play drums all the time. And he had to eat crow on the regular. Hell yeah. Good shit. Spite is a good motivator as yep. it turns out. Especially back then. All I had was spite and alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast ostensibly about nerd shit. I'm Denzel. And I'm Charles. (laughs) I'm going to leave it in there like that. We're here. I'm fully awake. Yeah, right. Yeah. He gets up at 4.30 every morning and... You know what? Sometimes you, sometimes it doesn't last all day. It sure doesn't. <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about a few movies that we watched. I guess I'll start. Um, I watched The Predator. Oh, yeah? Yes. By yeah. who directed that? The Shane, Black. Shane Black. And he also wrote it. You can definitely tell that he wrote and directed it because it's got his style of comedy in it. Yeah. And it's also just like kind of whatever as far as the directing goes he lets the actors act and they can do whatever the fuck they want and i would say arguably that olivia munn is one person who i view as the same as the rock in that she's just on set yeah i mean she can act a little bit better than the rock but she's only got one setting Mm -hmm. and that's like the stern person yeah if you watch that's why she had me fucking lines in uh x-men Oh, was she an X Men? She was in. Uh, oh, she was Apocalypse. Psylocke. Yeah, and she like she campaigned hard for that part and do, was doing like training and shit. Yeah. and she had like nine lines in the yeah. whole movie. <laughs> She's had to like look tough in a probably the most comics accurate uh, costume that superhero movies have ever seen. Yeah, right. That's odd. Which, of course, the uh, purple leotard <laughs> was easy to pull off. Absolutely, and it's it, it's in keeping with the aesthetic of all the costumes where they have to be all dark and brooding yeah. and bright colors aren't allowed because why would a superhero wear bright <laughs> colors? It's fucking stupid. Yeah. But yeah, she, if you watch uh, newsroom, that's basically who she plays in every movie yeah. with varying levels of intensity. Newsroom, I would say is maximum intensity. 
the predator is probably like a three or four. Gotcha. Where she's like on the verge of just playing herself. And it's cool because she does like some cool stunt shit in the movie. At the beginning, she's like standing on top of a bus or whatever that's driving. And it looks practical. And I was like, oh, that's that's real. Yeah, I know rad. she's real. Like, I think X-Men was the first movie she had to do stunts in. Okay. and But she was like into it. So I'm not surprised she followed up with another scene where she gets to do action stuff. Yeah, absolutely. She is all right in the movie. It's not like she's a distraction in the same way that The Rock is. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously The Rock is a star, but it it seems like in every movie he's just the dude in every scene. Like yeah. He's, oh, it's The Rock. Uh, this time he's hanging from a skyscraper. Yeah. Oh, it's The Rock. This time he's doing sign language to a fucking CG gorilla. <laughs> Oh, it's The Rock this time. He's driving a car that will never be released in the continental United States because the design costs too much in fuel efficiency <laughs> for them to be able to release it like that. I'm looking at you, Ford. That was the car I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. And hey. I was like, we're not. This is it. It's going to look. <laughs> it's going to look way worse than this. <laughs> we're sorry. They paid the most so they get to have it in their movie. Yep. Absolutely. But with Olivia Munn in this particular film, she's just like, she's chilling. She's not bad, Mm -hmm. but she's not great. I mean, the movie as a whole is not very good. And I don't mean that in a way that would lead you to believe that I'm comparing it to either of the first two Predators. Mm -hmm. Because people give Predator 2 a lot of shit. But that movie fucking rips. Predator 2 is solid. Yeah, man. Are you fucking kidding me? Of the first, of the two, I think I prefer Predator 2. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I know like most of the criticism I see about Predator 2 is more or less just focused on that one scene where Danny Glover is on the ship and you see like the alien head. I think that's more the xenomorph head. Yeah. And I think it's more people who are upset about the alien versus predator films not being good. And it was like, you, know, you can't, that, don't put that on Predator 2. That was just a fun <laughs> thing. Movies did that. <laughs> yeah. That was actually really cool. Yeah. That was, that was one of the first Easter eggs I had seen in a movie yeah. before I knew they were called Easter eggs. It was really rad. I Predator 2 in my mind was better or it's not that it's better than Predator 1. I just think it's got more rewatchability. Yeah. Because the first one, there's not a ton going on during the movie. No, it's it's slow. Yeah. But which I know it is on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. But I think just modern sensibilities, I just don't think I have the patience for it. I think I don't necessarily have that same problem. Yeah. I just think that I I can remember everything that happens yeah. in the movie far too easily. So when uh, the scene before the next, I'm like, oh, this happens next. Yeah. Oh, this happens next. And it kind of takes me out of the movie because of the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. But I do really enjoy Predator 2 because I don't watch it that often. And also, it's fucking off the wall. It's There's like killer Jamaicans and shit, which <laughs> let's not touch on like how high-key racist that we'll, movie was. We'll sign it off as a product of its time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fucking, this is what, a year before or after uh, Die Hard 2, where he's wearing the I Hate Niggers uh, sign. Oh, that's Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's oh, number okay. three. Gotcha. Uh, I think it's a little bit before, I want to say. So, I want to say this came out because Predator was late 80s, right? Yeah. I think this Predator 2 came out in 94, I want to say. 92 or not, I don't remember. I don't remember at all. But anyway, this movie uh, is written and directed by Shane Black, who was in the first Predator. He was the guy who kept telling the inappropriate jokes. 
mm. uh, such as I went up to my wife and I said, gee, you got a big pussy. Gee, you got a big pussy. And she says to me, you didn't have to say it twice. <laughs> That's get, some get middle it. school shit. Yeah. Her, her pussy's so big, it's got an echo. That's the joke for those of you at home. So this movie is filled with that kind of humor. Yo, was there a character? I'm sorry. I was like trying to look up when the Predator movies came out. Predator 2 was uh, 1990. Mm. It was 87 and 90. Damn. That was way off. But was there a character uh, named Gaylord Williams? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's part. Of, he goes by. He goes by Nebraska. Yep. And uh, his name is Gaylord. <laughs> Which is okay. So Gaylord I, was a real name. Yeah. <laughs> but you wrote this script in 2017. <laughs> okay. Gaylord, I'll admit, is one of the few words that from my childhood would still <laughs> make still me laugh. Just, Every it time. presses that button. Yeah, that and fart knocker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. There's I, some I, stuff I, you can't let go. Yeah, absolutely. So when somebody says Gaylord, just, it's just I so can't. ingrained. I, I don't know. I just can't help it. But anyway, um, yeah, there, it's a ragtag group of dudes who, uh, rude, crude military dudes who are all in trouble with the military for various things. One dude is in there because he shot his CO. That's Gaylord. Gaylord shot his CO. One guy just made a joke at an inappropriate time or something, and he got court-martialed. There, it's just a bunch of dudes with varying issues and probable psychological problems that happen to have gotten locked up for whatever reason. And because they got locked up, this, I assume, extra military group, when I say extra, I mean like outside of the bounds of the military, yeah. kidnaps them effectively to get them to fight the predator or join their gang of people who fight the predator. I don't know what their plan was exactly. They are kidnapped and they're driving around this base and that's when the predator escapes and all this other shit happens. And you meet the entirety of the posse because the main character, I don't remember what his name is because he's extremely forgettable. <laughs> he goes to Mexico he kills a dude, and then the Predator ship, the the one that's on its way to Earth, mm. uh, crash lands. Okay. And this movie is bad. This movie is... <laughs> okay, so he's in the middle of doing his paramilitary shit and his uh, military contractor shit. And the Predator ship crash lands on Earth because he's running from something. And he jumps through a warp gate or whatever the fuck, crashes in Mexico. The dude's group, his other people in his squad or whatever, are murdered by the Predator. So what he does is he steals the Predator's shit that's still in the ship, and he runs away. Mm. And he mails it to his house. He gets somebody to mail it to his house. And then he gets arrested by the Mexican government, so on and so forth. The movie ensues. The movie has a lot of problems. Namely, that the comedy in a lot of places is bad. <laughs> and... People, I, I don't know when this happened. I guess I'm getting older, uh, and comedy isn't necessarily for dumb people anymore. I mean, not to say that it ever was for dumb people, and by for dumb people, I mean solely for dumb people to do. Yeah. Because having Olivia Munn be in the movie just to be like the vulgar, very strong woman is 
uh, I get it, but it's not good comedy. It's like they're trying to reinvent Ripley over and over again. A lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah. Where she's screaming at a dude to grow a dick. And it's like, okay, like I get that tonally this is supposed to be a comedy, but it's not funny. Yeah. It's not funny at all. And some of the jokes land. Um, The best way for me to put this is this movie is kind of just the 2017 or the 20, the 2010s. Yeah version of predator where it's just a bunch of bros yeah. doing bro shit drinking beers uh having fun with space dogs and uh and yeah getting ambushed yeah get getting killed by predator as expected most of the side characters in this movie get killed because that's what happens in all the predator movies so two of the dudes set a trap for the predator keegan michael key and thomas jane's character uh, set a trap for the predator. One dude's got Tourette's and PTSD or something. He does something extremely stupid in the movie. They set the trap for the uh, the big predator because there are two that come to Earth. The big predator steps into the trap. They set off like um, I can't even remember what this weapon is called, but it's basically a cloud of flammable gas, mm-hmm. and you just throw like a match in it or whatever. Yeah, and it just ignites. So that's what they do to this big predator for whatever reason. Thomas Jane's character takes out his knife and he jumps on the predator as it's on fire and starts stabbing it in the head. Okay. And I understand wanting it dead. But like, wait till the fire goes out. Yeah. It seems like an odd choice. Let the just, fire do some damage. Yeah. And then while it's recovering from being on fire, then you can stab it in the head all you want. Yeah, absolutely. So he gets killed. Obviously he gets thrown into like a spike on a tree or some shit. And then Keegan, Michael key, I think it's like chopped in half or some shit. He gets a spike through the leg. And then, the, I don't remember. The The deaths are not memorable in this movie. They're not yeah. cool or fun or it's anything just like that. Characters well, die because characters have to die because it's a Predator movie. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I lied. Two of the deaths are memorable. One is Sterling K. Brown, I think is the actor's name. Mm. He's got the, ch- the, the shoulder cannon from one of the Predators. And he's like the big bad extra government dude who's there to corral all these people or whatever they're all enemies at the beginning and then they have to come together Mm. because they have to kill the predator and what ends up happening is he's got this shoulder mounted cannon and i think there's like a delay on its fire or whatever so he fires it somebody gets his attention he turns his head and he blows his own fucking head off which is pretty fucking hilarious that does sound like a fun (laughs) death yeah to show on screen especially yeah, absolutely. And Gaylord, uh, for whatever reason, he's trapped on the outside of the shield on the ship. And I don't I don't know why. I think like the shield is slowly killing him or something. I don't know. But he just jumps in the turbine of the engine on the ship. And it's pretty it was pretty funny. I was like, all right, you do you, bud. That's that's something else. And of course, like <laughs> The the uh, the dad uh, McMiniman Mc something McFadden I don't remember the dad's name. Irish name yeah uh, I would say Mick something something was his name or are those Scottish names <sighs> who knows it's one of those two mm-hmm. don't at me so the oh I forgot the whole crux of the story he ships this stuff back to his house and his son opens up the package and surprise his son has autism. And so his son figures out how to un- like 
play with the alien technology before the government can. And he's like playing with all this alien tech shit. And then he goes out for Halloween wearing the, the predator mask and he's got the gauntlet on as well. And he's like, he knows how to use it and stuff. Okay. And uh, so part of the story is that the small predator escaped from wherever he was to help earth because on predator planet, they're combining a bunch of the DNA and stuff from other great predators in the galaxy. So I'm sure like the alien or the xenomorph, yeah, uh, sharks or whatever, humans mm. and some other shit. They're like taking all the best traits from other species on other planets in the galaxy, and c- like combining the DNA into the predator, so it can be like the best thing ever. Mm. So they can create. That feels super predators. Antithetical to their whole deal, but right, very weird. I guess they're tired of getting beaten by humans. <laughs> I, guess. I don't know. Uh, at one point. Olivia Munn, who's like a biological something or other, she's a she's a bioengineering doctor, I think, mm-hmm. and she comes in to where Sterling K. Brown and the gang are, and she's looking at the alien, and she's like, "Oh, this fucking thing has human DNA. What the fuck?" And Sterling K. Brown starts looking at her all crazy, and same with uh, Jake Busey. I don't know why he's in the movie. Because Gary Busey was in the first one. He's in the second one, but right. okay. I, they don't make the connection between the two unless they have the same name and I missed it. Gotcha. I don't know. But anyway, she's looking at it and she's like, it's got human DNA. How did this happen? And she looks at him and like, why'd you bring me here? Oh, you want to know who fucked the alien? And they both like, no slow nod. And it's like, that's not, God damn it. Shane Black. This is, yeah, it's weak. Yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. And, like, I get it if it's a joke, but you can't have the person who's ostensibly in charge of the department being like, yeah, I want to know who fucked the alien. Not like, I want to know how they got this amount of human DNA. Yeah. But, yeah, so they, the whole thing is, like, they take the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, and then they inject this super predator Shout out to Hillary Clinton, who with the, the DNA from all these other species. And so at some point, the super predator, which I'm going to keep calling it because <laughs> I guess the big predator also works. I'll use that instead. Big predator kidnaps McFadden's son or whatever the fuck the dude's name is because his son Big Predator thinks his son is the greatest warrior in the world because he found out how to use the alien technology gotcha. without the help of anybody else. And I was like, so you as like the C plot to this movie, you're going to have the Predator, or at the end of the movie, I guess, you're going to have the Predator kidnap, kidnap this, a this child. Yeah, yeah, this kid with autism because... <laughs> Because the way his mind works. Could you imagine an entire predator planet full of predators with autism? on the spectrum. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're all super smart, but they all have, like, weird social problems and refuse to fight people and don't like loud noises and shit. Like, not to say that every person on the spectrum experiences these things, but this is how they've depicted the yeah. young boy at this Yeah, it's point. a weird uh, decision. Yeah, <laughs> On right? Shane Black's part, to be like, like, he watched Rain Man while he was wa- re- writing the script and was like, 
that that still plays, right? We can have <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Autistic kids be superheroes. Robert Downey Jr. said it. He said never go full retard. So that's that's what we're not gonna do. This Looking. kid is really smart. So this is what we, this we have to do it. He couldn't just be a smart kid. He had to yeah, right? He couldn't just be way into Sudoku. This is what I'm talking about with this lazy shorthand yeah. shit. You make the kid autistic instead of like actually just showing him be fucking smart. Yeah. Not every autistic person has the capability of like solving alien technology. Yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of worrisome that that's become shorthand for smart. Yeah. Like, incredibly smart. But yeah. Anyway, this movie sucks. There's a lot of things that happen in the movie, but none of it's good. Yeah. There's some jokes that are pretty funny in that it they do a good job of depicting Americans as huge fucking psychos as they do in that movie Mile 22 where everybody oh, yeah. just like loves fucking killing shit and they're super gung-ho about murder and stuff and it's like oh this is real creepy and weird yeah so if you layer that on top of like the very immature comedy it paints a really troubling picture of americans and um i could imagine that it wasn't done on purpose but it seems like all the characters are there from another time the movie's dumb it's <laughs> and it's not fun dumb either yeah it's just it's not as good as bright yeah i just remember like nothing hearing nothing about it after it came out like it just kind of it got released and then a week later no one was talking about it yeah i wish i wish it was better instead of being like an obvious change i mean rather than being predator but just made with characters from this time like yeah. around this time it would have just been better if they had done something else. I don't like Predator with all the cultural signifiers of today. Yeah. And it's not good and it's not fun. And yeah, okay, I get it. Women can be vulgar too. <laughs> okay, I get it. Like, Gaylord is a funny name. <laughs> okay, I get it. This dude who obviously can't stop making jokes is gri- grappling with all kinds of personal dysfunction yeah. he's got issues of his own but that character sucks that's a shitty character yeah, it's all just surface layer like script writing script why can't i talk script writing 101 shit it was like hey this thing can mean this thing or here's how you subvert this idea it's like we people who are funny have trauma because fucking everybody has trauma and some people are just funny like that's yeah. not that can yeah. be your whole character yeah his character is based on just having trauma and that's not tight it's not good. It's not a good. Well, get that money, Keegan Michael Key. Like, yeah, he couldn't have been paid all that much for this. Yeah, yeah. This movie, I don't think the budget was very good. The CG in it is fucking hard to look yeah. at, dude. It is not a good looking movie. There's this portion where they blow up a space dog, and I swear, the particles used for the blood of the space dog after it's blown in half is it just looks like tutorial level shit something that you learn how to do in cinema 4d real quick and the lighting is off i know it's because the blood is supposed to be glowy or whatever but yeah it's a huge problem and there's a part at the end i'll leave you with this there's a part at the end of the movie where mcfadden dad mcfadden or whatever asks the predator after it's been like basically almost killed almost dead He's like, what are you? 
And the predator's like, and starts talking. And he's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. And it just unloads. At the end of the movie, the little predator, as it turns out, uh, wasn't a bad guy. So little predator, you mean like a regular predator. Yeah, regular sized predator. He's not big predator. Not big predator. Big predator was like nine or ten feet tall or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was fucking bullshit. Uh, Little predator brought the humans the thing that it would take to kill one of the new predators mm. the new big predators and the autistic son i believe his name is rory maybe i'm pretty sure that's it he's on the computer at the government facility because of course his mom said yeah go ahead make my nine-year-old son work for you government people <laughs> yeah i'm okay with this the shadow agency that the public's not aware of yeah and so he uh he's on the computer and he's like Oh, the pod is sending me a message because some pod was on the ship or whatever that was yeah. meant to save humanity or some shit. Sure. And <laughs> he says, I don't know what this means. It's called Predator Killer. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so the the scientists open up the pod or whatever after like all this uh showiness. Yeah. And the gauntlet. There's like a floating gauntlet in that motherfucker and it attaches itself to one of the doctors and it's like nanotech and it starts crawling all over the bot of the doctor, the doctor's body and it's creating this armored suit. And I was just like kind of video game shit. Yeah. Yep. And after the suit's done, it just looks like a metal predator with bigger guns. <laughs> And I was like, this sucks. That's, this that's is real so bad. Stupid. Shout out to Shane Black for being like a fucking 15 year old boy from the 80s at heart. What a fucking dork. And then the suit comes off of the doctor for no reason at all. Because you know, the plot needed someone else to wear it. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that movie sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> Next up, oh. I watched Shazam. Yeah, baby. Uh, I liked the movie. It was thoroughly enjoyable. It was real fun. I watched it right after I saw The Predator or whatever the fuck it's called. And it was almost the complete opposite. <laughs> the story was fun. Uh, the comedy was funny. Yeah, the, the jokes fucking landed in Shazam. Because they were they were good. They were, yeah. And Zachary Libby's really charismatic. Can't do a mean face to save his life. but No, no, he can't. And all the child actors, actually Solid. pretty good. Yeah surprisingly yeah the main character who plays billy batson looks like Arya stark hmm. yeah yeah he does yeah yeah so that's all i thought about whenever <laughs> i saw Arya. what are you doing Arya? are you gonna kill your entire family what's gonna happen anyway the the movie stars mark strong and some kid that I've asher something he's asher roth he's no longer asleep in the bread <laughs> aisle people <laughs> He he not only loves college, but he loves fighting villains. Oh God, I'm terrible. Anyway, <laughs> that reference is for ten people. Yeah, right. Those who remember Asheroth one and two people who know the names of his albums <laughs> and his hit single. Anyway, Shazam was a cool movie. There's not a ton to the story. It's not super deep. But what happens matters to the characters, and that's what makes it engaging. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's ostensibly a magical threat to the world, but, like, it's never, like, presented in a way where the world is in danger. It's implied that if 
the seven deadly sins get out, shit's going to get worse. The interaction with Mark Strong and his dad and his brother yeah. in that boardroom. Normally, I'm wholly opposed to like villains being evil for the sake of being evil or whatever. Mm. But this one actually worked because you got the beginning of the story. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Shazam, this is going to be pretty spoilery. I mean, it's not... I told you to see it last week. <laughs> yeah, you should see it. It's it's good. It's a fun movie to watch. If you take into account what happens at the beginning of the movie and you look at Mark Strong and you're like, oh, well, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. But it puts in the work out the gate to like have you understand his character yeah. and how he would get to there. Exactly. So it's like when he gets revenge on his dad and brother, it's like this man has thought of nothing else. And one of the worst experiences of two of the worst experiences of his life were back to back and he got blamed for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So when he's evil for the rest of the movie, it just makes sense. Yeah, and, and to an extent he's not, I mean, he's definitely cool with uh, killing people and letting beings called the seven deadly sins out into the world, but he's really just obsessed with something that he saw as a child and then was ripped away from him. Oh, you mean like a bunch of fucking man-children nerds yeah. fucking obsessed with Star Wars on the internet, and they just want that feeling that they had when they were yeah. children back? So, Sajam is, <laughs> Mark Strong's Savannah is what would happen if uh, those fucking nerds got superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he did uh, develop a fortune of his own. Did he? Yeah, it's implied that he's like running that whole research facility at the oh, beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's yeah. completely separate from his dad and brother. Yeah. So he did make something of himself in the pursuit of this one thing that he saw. Yes. At fucking eleven. And much like many other superhero movies, therapy could have probably done wonders. Just wrap this dude's shit up. Like yeah. if his dad had been better about like hey it's not like yeah his brother was a dick but older brothers are dicks i was a dick uh <laughs> it's just it happens but like his dad was like hey uh this wasn't your fault and i know it was very hard to see what you saw <laughs> even especially taking like considering that his he then described being taken to a magical realm and then ejected back your kid's going through some shit it turns it turns out it was real but like if it, <laughs> if you just heard that as a parent and then right after you heard that you got in a debilitating accident that your son blames himself for like even if you just kind of like your kid you have him seek somebody yeah exactly. even if only to not have him talk about it all the time yeah You're like hey go i we have money go see julie for a, <laughs> an hour and a half every other week and we'll see if we can get you through this yeah Absolutely. That would have been the good father thing to do. Yeah. But they make sure from the outset to let you know that Savannah is not a good dad. Yeah. Mr. Savannah. Yeah, his dad and brother are objectively uh, assholes right yeah. from the beginning. Absolutely. And like it's even they kind of his dad's not super terrible immediately, but you can tell because he ignores what his other son does. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, well you're complicit in this. And then he's straight up like, Hey, you're being a piece of shit right now. Uh, you could have killed us and then they get hit by a fucking truck and it's yeah. visceral. <laughs> that <laughs> it's not visceral, like it's not like gory or anything, but you see them almost get in a car accident and then as soon as they're out of it, they just get hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> and he flies out of the windshield. Because he wasn't wearing his fucking seatbelt for some that was reason. Nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Before they 
Oh, when did they start putting seatbelts in cars? Well, they had been putting seatbelts in cars since the 50s, but they weren't required. Yes. So their car know. had seatbelts because both the boys were wearing them. But, I mean, old man Zavon had been around long enough. He probably didn't. Uh, he's yeah. used to not wearing seatbelts. He's used to those big ass, uh, those big ass cars that just had beds in the back where it's like <laughs> the kids go back there who gives a shit what happens <laughs> exactly exactly anyway but yeah you get why savannah's like obsessed the way he is and why he's so vindictive yeah and so when he does go back and he kills an entire boardroom full of people but like especially his dad and brother it's uh you you understand yeah the thing is in the rest of the movie he doesn't kill anybody else he's he? not really interested in destroy like actively hurting anybody yeah he the first thing he does with his powers is kill his dad and brother but that's like it's vindication he like found this thing that they had definitely ridiculed him for and he was right and the first thing he does with his power is go and kill his dad and brother just to show show it off for the first time because he doesn't do anything magical in between he just shows up lets the sins out kills throws it out the window it's the first display that he has superpowers and then uh starts seeking out trying to find billy yeah but billy's stuff is really good i really yeah. liked one i really liked how the flashback was when you see it when you see the flashback to when he gets lost and how that's shot and how it's acted and then when he meets his mom and she's telling the story and she's way more like flustered and exasperated and like deliberately that shit hit me in the theater yeah. man when she's like yeah i got pregnant at 17 and oh okay i i misheard what she had said i thought she was 17 when she had him so there. that's how it sounds uh yeah but i think it's supposed to be you know i got pregnant at seven like you know i had you at 17 and i had you know your dad left and i had nothing <laughs> So I think it's like she's supposed to be 20 years old at the, in, the, in that flashback. She's like 20, 21. He's like, you know, he's maybe five years old. So yeah. it's like, you got pregnant at 17, got kicked out by her dad, lived with this dude who left her with this boy kid all alone. And she's not handling it. And just like, it'll be better. <laughs> like, it can't be worse. And he, like that realization he has to have was like, oh, she's fucked up. Like, it's just not good. I, don't know, I think how those two scenes were shot, were shot was really good where one of them is the way a child would remember it where she's really nice and she's happy and it's like it's even that there's a soft focus on it even like it's very whimsical yeah. when it's being shot the first time and the second time it's basically gray she's flustered and exasperated and she realizes that she lost her kid but the sees these with the police and it just fades into the crowd yeah and it's like, damn like that's a fucking hard but like you and then you also see that it's not going well for her she's in a fucking tenement house like she's in a project and living with, living some with dude, like some abusive dude. probably abusive yeah but we don't it's subtext like she doesn't look good uh she's being yelled at by some dude at the door and then She's like, yeah, I know. Uh, I left you on purpose, and you have to go now. Like, I don't. <laughs> she wouldn't even let him give her a hug. Yeah, like you clearly done well. She's like, you you turned out okay. It's like, yo, because he doesn't even get he doesn't get to say any of the things to her that he wanted to. He just yeah. has to accept that this is not the dream that he had, and then immediately deal with it. Like he just has to deal with it. Yeah, 
he like he goes in for the hug and she's like no yeah she like, like puts her hands up that's i was like oh was like, shit. a hit yeah i was also uh drunk when i watched it uh, uh, <laughs> but, so it probably hit me harder than it would have sober but uh yeah that was really good but like all the character stuff is pretty solid yeah i mean even the character like side characters you get a feel for them without needing to like they're not caricatures but you still kind of like oh that's a person that we just don't have time to focus on yeah the parents are the overtly positive people yeah that i've met in real life for sure that are super fucking annoying and like they're good with kids but like interacting with them in real life is like this is exhausting to watch yeah Yeah, absolutely I've, i've met people exactly like that former foster kids who now adopt and I was like that's cool that's a good thing that you're doing but I need you to tone it down yeah absolutely you're at 11 I need you to be like at 8 tops like just, you've earned an 8 but I just need you to hate everything like me I just <laughs> need you to just chill out just admit that you sometimes want to give them back like yeah. real parents <laughs> and I don't mean if any of you have adopted kids or were adopted I don't mean they're not, like People, they're bi- people hate their biological kids. At some point in having a child, you're going to hate your child. And if you adopt a kid, I need you to admit that you also hate that kid sometimes. <laughs> Raising a kid is fucking terrible and rewarding in ways that I probably never understand. But I don't aim to understand <laughs> any of that ever because it sounds like a nightmare. What I don't, I spend way too much money on you and I don't get to sleep. Yeah, statistically, you're probably not going to get anything material out of that arrangement. No. You just have some kid with a shitty college degree, and if capitalism keeps moving in the same it's way, not gonna work out it, well for. No, you're not going to get any. You're not getting any of that money back. You're not going to recoup that shit. You're, you're not buying you a house. You're going to be like you in a nice three hundred million dollars in debt to get out of college. Oh my god. Anyway, the movie the movie does something at the end though that I thought was really surprising. It brings out the uh, Shazamily. That was great. Yes, that was. Because I was kind of expecting it because it's like the new 52 version of the story. Yeah. But I was like, maybe they'll save that shit for another story. Maybe like just Freddie or Mary because we don't really see, we see Darla a few times. But we don't really see Eugene or uh, Pedro do anything. Yeah. And it's like, so maybe they'll like save that for later and maybe Freddie and Mary because they had it first in the comics. But then they fucking do it. And it's fucking Megan Good. I think that was what hit me more than anything is it was fucking Megan Good. <laughs> it was Darla's super powered form. And she's uh she's still got it yeah and she's married to a preacher so chill she right. found the lord she can still look good <laughs> i'm not in her dms i'm just saying <laughs> megan good uh so yeah i mean the thing that d- it doesn't matter that's completely immaterial to all of this is whether or not them as as their shazam forms if that's them as adults or them using other people's bodies. Yeah, in the yeah, it's never really made clear in the comic or anything. Yeah, the only comic that even like kind of addressed it was Kingdom Come, when Billy does look like Captain Marvel. That's literally the only time it's been shown that yeah, Captain Marvel looks like what Billy would look like as an adult. It's just the body is switched. It's just this is a adult body with magic powers. That's the only thing that really mattered. It doesn't. It's never really addressed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good movie though. Overall, definitely one of the best 
superhero movies that have come out because it's tonally it's so different. Yeah. And like the interactions with Mark Strong and Billy Batson, either as Shazam or as a kid, are really fun. And they make a lot of sense. Like when Billy's like frightened of him Mm -hmm. and he's like Mark Strong's not doing anything to like try to kill him, but he's he's just like tell me what's up and he's just more powerful than him. Yeah. And Billy doesn't know what he's doing. And so he freaks out. He's that's all he's been doing up to that point. He was like, all right, I can do this cool stuff. But as far as he knows, there's no threat to him. He doesn't know about Savannah during like a bunch of the super fun hijinks before then. And, uh, this dude shows up who has what appear to be his exact powers and more because he doesn't know he can fly right away. And he just, he's a fucking kid who. Thinks he's he's tough shit, but has never really been in anything. And so when he transforms and just like fades into the crowd, it's like that's that's some real shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even process that it was too early in the film for that uh, face off to really happen. But it tracks that this fucking fourteen year old is not ready for something like that. Yeah. And I don't, I'm over the conflicts between friends and movies because it happens in literally every movie yeah. where the two main characters eventually get into a fight about something and it's like, oh, wow, like we're friends after all. Like we don't need that conflict because yeah. we know they're going to be friends at the end. Like you don't need to have Freddie and Billy fighting in the street. Yeah. It worked in this movie specifically because that's how the kids found out that yeah. Billy was Shazam. Yeah, that scene needs to happen for exactly that reason. So that the kids can find out and that Savannah can find out. Yeah. And so we need a way for his identity to get found out. And them fighting publicly is really the only way to do that in a way that makes sense. Like, Darla knows. But the only other way would be to have... Billy also transform in front of the other siblings we just no relationship with and therefore wouldn't be motivated to do so. And then there would also, but if he did that way, there'd have to be a different situation that Savannah would find out. Yeah. So, I mean, he could just use YouTube. Yeah. I mean, there could have been a part with the YouTube videos where you see like the reflection of Freddie. Yeah. Or just, he find the email address attached to the YouTube account. Yeah. And like Savannah's, he's got a huge company. Like he could do that. Yeah, Absolutely. For business inquiries, click yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no way Freddie doesn't have some sort of contact info. Yeah. Uh, it was a good experience. The I'm glad that it didn't try to set itself up for a sequel. Yeah. It doesn't directly put it, like, the sequel bait you. Yeah. It there just is, ends. Yeah. It ends. There is the Mr. Mind stuff, which I fucking, I fucking love. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Was, that. Man, comics are stupid and great. <laughs> I think that part at the end where Superman walks in is pretty fucking hilarious. That was it was really funny and it was like unexpected. Yeah. And then it's also extra funny because uh they couldn't get Henry Cavill to do it. And so you just it's very brief. You just see shoulders down <laughs> Superman costume. <laughs> and it is one of Henry Cavill's uh stunt doubles. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It is his stunt double from Justice League. And a bunk-ass suit. <laughs> no, that's the one from Justice League. Is it? It's just because it's not the color oh, graded. Oh, yeah. So the Justice League suit is more blue than the Man of Steel on BVS ones. Yeah. But also the color grading is so so different in those two movies that it like the shine is weird. Yes. And it looks so weird. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Anyway, go see... Uh, 
Go see that movie. Yeah, see that shit. It's fun. It's an enjoyable experience. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have anything else? Not on Shazam, but I did see... I got around to seeing 2016's Colossal. Ah, uh, yes. So, I don't know. This movie didn't get... I don't even know if it got a wide release. Um, but it was released in 2016. It's on Hulu right now. So like, I just saw... I remember seeing the trailer, you know, two, three years ago. And it's just, oh, it's Anne Hathaway. And there's a monster. And they're connected somehow. And she, like, moves and the monster moves. So you're like, all right, well, that's an interesting uh, concept. And the movie gets fucking wild like it turns into a completely different movie pretty quickly go on so Anne hathaway's character is this unemployed alcoholic living with her boyfriend in new york and right at the beginning of the movie you can tell like he's sick of it so he's british for whatever reason um i guess it doesn't matter it i just thought it was weird that he was british uh, when i was watching it <laughs> and so he kicks her out they live together she's he's like i only see you when you're hungover and you like you're late to everything if you show up at all i'm just like sick of your shit i can't do this anymore so he kicks her out she goes back to her hometown where her parents still own a house and she's living there it's fucking it's empty (laughs) there's nothing in this house she has two suitcases and that's like her whole life and she's been it's like she's been unemployed for like a year she goes back she runs into someone she went to middle school and high school with and they meet up. He owns a bar. They go back to the bar and they're like talking and she meets some other people from her hometown and she is trying to like live at least like she falls asleep on the floor and it sucks. So she goes to get an air mattress and that's when she runs into the dude. They go to the bar, they hang out all night, even like after the bar closes and she walks home in the morning. The next day, she gets a call talking about this monster that showed up in South Korea. She looks up the video, and there's a fucking giant monster in South Korea that doesn't seem to just appears, moves through part of the city, doesn't seem to acknowledge anybody, and then disappears. So that's like a weird, freaky thing. She goes back to the bar. She's hanging out again. Next morning, she wakes she wakes up in the park uh the same park that she walked through earlier wakes up in the park calls her her ex-boyfriend she's clearly drunk and he's like you're fucking drunk right now i'm not talking to you until you can get your shit together so she gets all upset she throws her phone next day or like later in the day there's another news report about the giant monster and it's she's watching the footage and she notices that it does the same motion one it's doing. So she has this like nervous tick where she like scratches the top of her head and she notices the monster do that. I think she notices the monster do that the first time, but doesn't really like connect it. The second time she sees the monster do it again. And then shortly after do the motion of throwing something. And so she connects It's like, that's it's doing something like this. It's exactly mirroring my actions. So she like puts together where when it happened and where it happened based on the motions and when the footage started in uh, South Korea. So she puts together this park is somehow connected to the specific area in Seoul, South Korea. 
and she maps it out and like does a little test to prove it. So then she admits to these guys, like she gets, she goes back to the bar and the guy, Oscar played by Jason C. Deckers offers her a job. So she starts working there. They start drinking. They hang out after hours again. And she's like, Hey, I got to show you guys something. So she admits that she's, you know, she just demonstrates that she's controlling the monster. But while she's like doing this, I'm like, they're all hammered. It's like eight in the morning and they're still hammered. So while she's doing this, uh, she trips. And so she falls and she kills a bunch of people and she's like, Ooh freaks out about it so now she does not want to go back she doesn't want to go back to the park and she's like she starts she tries to get sober but during that like when that happens when she like falls um jason sudeck's character oscar goes over to like talk to her and then they realize that there's that he also manifests this robot that's the same size also in soul after the fall, she's like, I can't do this anymore. It's dangerous. Someone can get hurt. She has she has this South Korean. She has this uh, Korean guy who works at a Korean restaurant in the town right out, like translate. I'm sorry. It was an accident. It won't happen again. And so she goes back to the park one last time to and like draws that into the ground at like ground zero. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, man, this thing is conscious and it's aware of us and it can communicate because up to that point no it had never done anything like it had never acknowledged that there were any surroundings so everyone was like all right cool it can communicate and like public sentiment starts to turn around like oh it wasn't destructive it was just like freaking shit out and only appears between these minutes (laughs) it was like 805 eastern standard time is when it happens i don't know what the time code is for south korea but it's the middle of the night there when it happens and after this oscar is he starts going back like she catches him a few days later drunk at the park being the robot like they're what he has his friend one of his friends has it like up on his tablet so they can see what's like where he is and what's happening and he's just kind of like fucking around and he doesn't hurt anybody but she gets like real upset like you're hammered right now and you're giant in a real place so you've got to not do that shit and so at first he's like, yeah, you're right. Whatever. And he leaves, but he's been like slowly getting weird. Like he seems like a cool dude at the beginning and they're hanging out. They're catching up. They were not super close when they were younger, but they knew each other. And he just kind of, he starts to feel off kind of slowly over the course of the movie. And then at one point, after you know she's like you can't do this anymore he they're all drinking at the bar she doesn't want to go back she's like and she hasn't been drinking she's trying to get her shit back together and he every time he like kind of acts weird he sends stuff to her house to like help her out and it starts to feel real predatory until it's like he gets real drunk at the bar he's being a complete asshole to like there's he's got these two friends they're whatever they're inconsequential they're funny but they don't really matter to the plot um except for one of the dudes that Anne hathaway sleeps with and then he gets real upset and that's when like it gets starts to get dark so he's being a complete asshole to his friends um completely alienates one of them and he fucking dips and we don't see him for the rest of the movie but he's like i'm going to go fuck stuff up if you don't like I know you're trying to get your, your you know your life together and leave again, and I'm not gonna let that happen. So he's like, you, you work at the bar, you need to do your job. Like he starts doing like weird like power move shit while they're at work, 
and it keeps like escalating and to the point where she like has to like fight him to get him out and he doesn't do anything she's but she like shoves him and is like slapping him and stuff and so everyone is seeing this monster and robot fighting and they're like all about it because they don't no one knows what's happening but he just starts getting like he's every time something happens he gets super apologetic and he's like oh i'm sorry i was so drunk i can't believe i was like acting like that and i said all those things i'm so sorry and she gets back to her house and there's a bunch of shit in her house like a bunch of furniture and like you know furnishings and shit and you're like this is extra fucked up like this is textbook abuser shit and then eventually her boyfriend comes back it's like i haven't heard from you in a while i missed you whatever so he shows up they go to the bar and he at this point he's been shitty like kind of like a drunk asshole but not evil so he gets up and what is probably the most surreal scene in this film where monsters show up because of a children's park he goes over and he gets this giant ass firework that he was like keeping in the back of this bar and he sets it off in the bar and he's like hey there are a lot of irresponsible things that you know you could do in this bar like you could get in a fight or you could like throw up or like you could like flash or you know flash people or whatever but it's not the most irresponsible thing you could do in this bar the most irresponsible thing you could do and <laughs> And he gets this firecracker, this giant firework, and he sets it off in his fucking bar, shooting firecrackers all over the place, fucks his whole shit up. And then he walks over to Anne Hathaway and her boyfriend and is like, that's still not the most irresponsible thing you anyone could do. The most irresponsible thing you could do is leave with him right now. Because he, he, they haven't told anybody else that they're the monster and the robot, but he's like, the worst thing you could do, the most irresponsible thing you could do in this bar right now is leave with him. And so the boyfriend fucking leaves. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm going back to New York tomorrow. If you want to come with me, you know where I'm, where I'm going to be. Like, we need to go. So she fucking leaves and she's like trying to process shit. And she goes home and he's fucking in her house. Whoa. Hammered. He's like, I'm just, I'm just, and he's clearly really drunk. He's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here to make sure you don't come back to New York with Tim. And if you don't, Every, he's like, every morning that you're not here, I'm going to go to that park and I'm going to wreck some shit. And she's like, I, like, you're fucking crazy. And she like has this flashback to when they were kids and they were like carrying these dioramas and it wasn't always a park. It was like this weird empty lot and her thing, it's like a diorama of Seoul, South Korea. It goes, like it flies off. He goes to get it. She goes in after him and she sees that he's destroying it like just for no reason he's just being a vindictive asshole even as a kid and he's just like stomping on it and they get struck by lightning and <laughs> that's the magic bullshit that makes the aliens appear or like the monster and the robot appear because they had those toys in their bags and so then they like get in a fight and she's trying to stop him from going back to the park and he is just trying to get there because like he won't do anything to her physically so he gets there right at the time you know that it happens and they're fighting but like she's fighting him and then he just eventually just like grabs her and it's like fucking hits her punches her in the stomach and then fucking decks her in the face like jason sudeckis <laughs> punches anne hathaway in the face and like in the 
kind of in the background, you hear people cheering because they're seeing the monster and the robot fight on television. So you're like getting that juxtaposed with like, this dude's completely unhinged and he just hit a woman. And she's like, I don't, and that's when he's, that's when he says the shit was like, if every morning you're not here, I'm going to do this. And he starts stomping around the park, destroying all these buildings. And like, at this point, there's been like weeks without any deaths. And he's just like, I'm going to keep doing this unless you're here. And so she flies to South Korea. Uh, she like reasons that the connection goes both ways. Uh-huh. So she flies to South Korea, goes to the place where they appear, and it works. He's, <laughs> he's, he, you know, the next morning he's like, oh, well, she's fucking gone. I went to her house. She's not at the bar. So I guess I got to go do some monster shit. He shows up and he's about to start like terrorizing people because they always appear uh, in this river and then they, by moving through the park, they get to the city. And so he, you know, the giant robot appears and she, she's there and she goes to the same spot and the monster appears in whatever fucking small town they're in. He, she is able to like figure out where he's at relative to where she is, is able to, grabs him and fucking throws him into the distance. It's amazing. <laughs> and then the fucking movie ends. And, but it was like, it was so weird going into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be like this fun, quirky like monster, like weird monster movie. And then the psychological stuff that gets in it and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. It got intense really quick. And it's like the movie's over. It's over two hours, which I also was not expecting, but I was like in it. I had, I had just driven from Phoenix (laughs) like earlier that night. And like, I had to be up at four in the morning the next day. And I'm like in, it's like 10 o'clock and I'm enthralled. Like I need to finish this. This got intense very quickly. Um, I know I explained the whole plot of the movie, but if you got some time and you got Hulu, watch Colossal. That shit's uh, it's a ride. We're gonna get into some questions from subreddit reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Uh, go there. There's a questions and comments thread. You can peep it. It's um, it's good stuff. Check it out. First comment comes from 085X, and he says, Sup, peeps, Denzel. In response to your comment about what show had a great second season, Castlevania made a good, if not great, second season. But I understand that there's a few shows and movies that have a good second season or sequel. Keep up the good work. Loving the podcast. Thank you for the comment. And you're absolutely right. Um, Castlevania's second season was banging. Absolutely banging. It was insane. Have you seen it, Charles? I don't think I saw the second season. Check out the second season. It's fucking tight. It's super tight. Next question comes from Juice Campbell. Thoughts on wearable technology? Do either of you guys have any wearable tech? I got a smartwatch last December, and it's one of my favorite things I own. But I know that this technology is continuing to get more advanced and impressive. Our days until Cyborg Uprising are numbered. (laughs) Unrelated. I love Chet and I love Charles, but I think it's time to introduce our dude Charles as an official co-host. He does a great job. Oh, look at that! Getting some love. I don't get the. I'm getting a bunch of love in the uh, in the Discord, and now spreading to the spreading to the Reddit. That's good. It's good shit. Yeah. All right, Charles. Do you want to be an official co-host? Yeah, dog. I'll be in here. All right. Cool. Charles is an official co-host. There we have it. It's in ink, baby. <laughs> well, it's on voice. It's in data baby (laughs) (laughs) uh as far as wearable tech goes i used to try the fitbits but i wasn't into them yeah i was 
in early, I was on board initially. I had the first Galaxy Gear <laughs> six years ago. Fuck, that was six years ago now. I did have the first Galaxy Gear, um, and I loved it, mostly because it had a microphone in it, and I could talk into it like I was a fucking Power Ranger. Um, that was the main thing I used it for, is this, when I could read my text messages without taking my phone out of my pocket, which I just started teaching. So not having the not having my phone out in front of kids was a big deal. So having a smartwatch was super cool. And I, I never re-upped on the gear because mostly because they took the microphone out like this, you, you know, you couldn't talk into it anymore. And I'm like what, what this, the gear, the gear two was bigger and yet didn't have the uh, microphone. I don't think they've added it back into the gear series. Maybe it was like getting damaged from people working out in them or something. Maybe like and that. like it was it was water resistant but not waterproof. Okay. I mean I never had any problems with that. It did eventually stop charging. That's why I stopped wearing it. Okay. But um I did have uh Fitbits for a while. I have a I technically still have a Fitbit. I just uh when I was working with kids, they like I was working with like little kids with the Y, they kept uh like hanging onto my arms and it just wore down the band and I went through two bands in one summer and I'm like, I'm not buying another one until I know I'm not going to be around kids anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm not cause I quit teaching and I'm not working for the Y anymore. I just haven't gotten around to, it's just sitting uncharged in my, <laughs> in my drawer until I buy another watch. I'm into smartwatches. And I think that's as far as I'll go. I don't think I can do smartwatches. I don't, I mean, I like wrist accessories, but I don't know the way that, technology is moving these days i don't like the idea of being tracked constantly by yeah, my phone that's fair and like my phone does that already yeah. right like i have my phone on me in most cases all the time yeah but it something i mean i'm already voluntarily letting them record me with my mic yeah like on your phone it yeah, picks up ambient audio yeah well because most of them have especially ones that have like assistance yeah they're always on yeah and they use that. They parse out the language, and they put ads together for yeah. you. And that's one of the stories that came out recently. Uh, apparently, there's like an Amazon facility in Hungary where they send all the Alexa audio. Yeah, just banks of data. That's just all our voices. Yeah, and people listen to it, transcribe it, and put it together for ads. And somebody was mentioning like, what they interviewed one of the employees and they were just like yeah if we hear like a crime going on uh we're not allowed to report it amazon says it's not our business to step in and it's just like why are you recording in the first place yeah. one like why there's no reason for you to be recording any of this shit ever yeah like you want to sell people ads fuck off don't record it's not okay do it based on our search histories like everyone else yeah and Amazon already has so much fucking data from all of us. Why do they also need to be recording everything that's around a device that they put? Right. Up? They need everything. And I'm sure Google and Apple are doing the yeah. same shit with the phones. I guess and, it's just that uh, we don't know where they're keeping the shit at. I guess is the biggest thing. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I'm up, I'm opposed to wearables. Yeah. Because that's just another uh, vector for them to collect information. Yeah. From me. And yeah, I the last thing I need that. is them having our health data. Yeah, right. Like, it's not good already. It's dystopian hellscape of wearable technology, and there's an insurance company that's giving you, quote-unquote, discounts yeah, based on your wearables. I was like, that's shady in a number of ways. There's no way that's going to 
turn out well. No. Two years from now, we're going to find out exactly what they've been doing with all that data. It's going to be fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's part of the problem with capitalism, right? Yeah. Like, they're moving to increase profits, not to help you be in better shape. Yeah. Not to help you be healthier. This is so they can sell things to you. Yeah. And tailor their services towards fucking you at some point. Like, oh, well, we see here that uh, you had an increased heart rate from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. on Thursday. Uh, and these heart rates are common with people who do a lot of cocaine. So it seems like you were doing cocaine at one point. We can no longer insure you yeah. from your behavior from four years ago. Uh, that that sort of thing. Like, yeah. seems like it can get real. If it could possibly get more invasive, it definitely will. Ab- so. Absolutely, absolutely. These questions come from Rella. Got a few cues for y'all this week. Since the RNH crew is musically inclined, I was wondering if you had any tips on singing. I'd like to improve, but I know nothing about singing or music. Also, what do you like to marinate your meat in? Pretty much every time I cook, I regret not marinating. Also, as for the Bruce Willis stuff, you guys should check out Hudson Hawk. It's the movie that broke him. Yes. He, I, he wrote the role for himself, and it fucking bombed. fucking flopped. That shit was... <laughs> he never wrote again after H.H. Oh, Hudson I Hawk. forgot he wrote that movie. <laughs> I knew it was a movie he was in that fucking was terrible, but I didn't know he wrote it. That oh, shit. We'll watch it for actually. the new show. Have you seen it? I've seen parts of it. Okay, we'll I've watch it like for clips the new of it, show. But. That's going to be sick. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, as far as movies go, I think Denzel might want to try watching more horror movies. Horror movie plots can be vastly different from your typical Hollywood power fantasy movie due to the nature of horror. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about branching out into more horror stuff. I can do thrillers. Like, I can't, I just can't do physical violence. That's my biggest thing. I can't do graphic physical violence. But, like, horror movies that are mostly thrillers and, like, supernatural stuff, I can usually yeah. handle. I'm not going to watch Saw or Hostel yeah. or Human Centipede or the Serbian film or any. I read the plot description of a Serbian film, and there were people who were telling me, like, back when Saw came out or whenever those genres of movies. The torture genre, porn first became a thing. Yeah. They were like, oh, you have to see a Serbian film. You have to see it. And I was just like, bitch, I don't even want to watch Saw. Like, I don't want to see that. And just last year, I think, I read the, just the plot of a Serbian film. And it's about some cop who's like, I think they eat a baby at some point. Okay. Or do some like horrific violent thing to a baby. And it's it's just based on the description. I was just like, this is stupid as fuck. Yeah. Who would make this? And then I read a little bit more and apparently it was made because like the country that it was produced in has like censorship laws. And in order to like throw something in the face of the censorship, you are like, let's go as extreme as we can. Yeah. It's like, yo, I'm an edgy teenager and I need to do these things to like validate my art because I have nothing. Yeah. If I don't do this, I mean, I guess I want, I guess I, I want to like get the, appeal of like the tab of you know by any taboo is becomes popular for the most part it's a way to confront things that we know make us uncomfortable yeah and you can in a safe space you can experience it without experiencing it i get that but if that taboo is censorship like i'm sure like i get it like i get why you don't want your media to be censored yeah but making a movie that's effectively like torture porn yeah but 
it's so far in the other direction that it's like, have you, I think you've overshot your point yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You could have had somebody shitting on like plate glass or something like that. Just have the camera filming them shit on glass <laughs> or something. Like you, you could do a lot of things, but like to specifically say like, oh yeah, we need to kill children in this yeah. movie. And then like have this dude repeatedly raped. It's like uh, great. Tight. Like do, do, do you think I guess you fucking yeah. weirdo. I did it to prove a point, not because I'm like weird or anything. I was like, it's definitely both those things, but I think it's more one than the other, and you know which one it is, Doug. (laughs) I'm not weird. I'm not weird. The censorship bureau is weird. They want to censor my art. I'm not weird. Stop stop it. It was like they just didn't want you to show two dudes holding hands. You'd have to Yeah, right. Pump the brakes somewhere. If you want to if they didn't want to have you show two dudes holding hands, all right, you can have them kiss on screen. Yeah. Like be intimate on screen. You can have them fucking on screen or whatever. But like to have like a 30 person orgy yeah. where everybody's murdered at the end uh and set on fire, like I don't know if you need to show all that. Yeah. And then have all their moms killed, like the got to cover all the bases. Yeah. Very odd choices. Well, anyway, uh, as far as like a marinade goes, um, I don't use anything particular. I just kind of look it up based on what I'm cooking. Yeah. I don't eat red meat anymore, so it's all chicken-based stuff. So if I'm making wings, somebody had this ill-ass marinade uh, that I used. I think it was Food Wishes. Chef John is a godsend, but he made this marinade that was like this jerk marinade for chicken. Mm. And of course, I overcooked the chicken because I'm fucking dumb, dumb. <laughs> and I don't know how to cook things that well. But he made these uh, these wings for the weekend or some shit. It had habanero, lime, cilantro. Mm. It had like all spice in it. It has a bunch of shit in the marinade. And the wings actually turned out really fucking rad. So those are dope. Um, it it varies based on what I'm cooking. Typically, if anything, I'll just let them sit in salt overnight. Or yeah, for Denzel like a put me hours. on the brining chicken, and that shit helps. Helps a lot, especially with chicken breast. Yeah, especially like if you if you're baking a lot of your chicken, if you don't want that shit to dry out, usually the best way to do it is with like a simple brine or like a marinade. I have a handful of. Uh, I don't really like I've bought marinades before and I like followed recipes, but I mostly at this point just kind of throw stuff together based on the taste that I want. And it generally works out. Yeah. If you, when you get good enough at cooking, you can start to tell like what kind of flavor you're going for. Yeah. And then you'll have enough experience with the spices to be like, Oh, all right, this works. Oh, this doesn't work. Oh, this is rad. Um, Yeah. I want that again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where you eventually just kind of figure it out. But, I mean, a good place to start is to find, even like find like a store-bought marinade that you like and then just look up what's in it and tweak it. I mean, that's what I would say with, you know, any cooking really is find something you know you like, look up how to make it, and then start changing it until it's a new thing that you also like. Yeah. That's what I was doing when I was doing a lot of cooking. I was finding recipes online, adding things, subtracting things based on how much your personal tastes are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you make a cookbook without copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this YouTube chef and he was just like, oh, yeah, uh, this is a legally distinct recipe from this cookbook that I found this recipe (laughs) in. And I was just like, can you get in trouble for that? Like, what the fuck? 
That's, you know, that's some Liam Neeson shit. Like, you can keep that shit under your hat. No one <laughs> used to listen to that information on your own, dog. <laughs> exactly. And as far as singing goes, I have no... Go, Diaphragm. You know, yeah, you want to do, like, you want to pretend like you're yawning. Yeah. Uh, open up your throat like you're yawning. And that's like, you'll find your natural register in there. Yeah. Uh, your falsetto is once you feel your voice break. Uh, but outside of that, I recommend either getting a lesson or buying an instrument that you can play as you sing so you can match the tones after you open yeah. up your uh, your throat. I have, there's some uh, vocalists that I know who have got the a lot of technique stuff down but have not spent enough time with pitch matching and it shows. It's like one of those things you really got to, push yourself to do is ear training you know if you don't want to play guitar or piano then fucking get get a tuner and sing something that you know and compare it to like a recording of that and you'll find right away that you're not like record yourself and then listen to it back with whatever you're you know whatever song it is that you're singing and you'll really be able to see kind of where you're at because a lot of people just can't you hear yourself differently. It's something you have to train yourself to hear yourself as you actually are and not just the internal version of your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like everyone can sing in the shower, but you get them up on a karaoke stage and it's on some other shit. So the only time I've ever killed it in karaoke was when I sang Teenage Dirtbag <laughs> by Weedis because it's a very low intensity vocal song. It doesn't require you to go all over the place. You got her name is Noel. You can do it very low, too. You just got to know what's in your wheelhouse. And once you know your range, drop stuff an octave. It helps. I just, like I sing way lower than I talk. Not way lower, but I sing a bit lower than I talk. And so there's a lot of stuff I like to sing. I just drop it down an octave. Now, I don't work on projecting as much, so it gets hard to hear in the lower register. But it's comfortable. I'm not wearing myself up out afterwards. Yeah. So knowing what your natural register is really important. And like Denzel said, Keep your throat open. Push from your diaphragm so you get a nice full tone. And that your tone is round. A lot of people sing too high in their throat because they're not opening up enough. And you, your tone gets real dry. Yeah. Don't want a dry tone. Nope. Uh, I don't have any other advice because I am still terrible at singing. I can't <laughs> sing. I never have been able to sing. And my natural register is fucking low. Yeah. So I kind of gave up on that really quickly because I was just. There's like, not a market for it. There's not really. And this stuff's not written for low register voices outside of like choir stuff. Yeah. I can't sing something sexy in this low register. You can. I mean. If you, wanted to get some, if you want to get some mom's wet, you can sing some Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You want to you wanna oh. soak some minivan seats, and, by all means. <laughs> Just sing some Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, that does it for questions from subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Charles. You're listening to Real Nerd Hours. You can check out the website for our social media information. Uh, real nerd hours. 
<laughs> realnerdhours.com. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's been one of those. It's been a life. Yeah, right. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash realnerdhours, and hop on there. Uh, listen to some of the fantastic content that we have. We're coming up on the end, finally, yes. of the commentary tracks that we're doing for uh, those fucking Marvel movies. I have to actually check. Let me. I think we just got one more. Yeah, it's Ant-Man and Wasp, Ant-Man and the right? Wasp. And we have to do it b- this week? We have... Oh, shit, yeah, we have to do this week. Yeah, because I put out the other two already. Yeah, it's the... I mean, you're going to be listening to this on the 18th. So, yeah, we got... We got uh, a week from when you're listening to this to get that yeah. shit done. You want to do it this weekend? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll we do to. it this weekend. And then we'll finally be fucking done yep. with this nightmare, this awful, awful nightmare of having to do commentary tracks for all for these 22 mar- films. Oh, my God. Talk about talk about a poor choice. Well, hopefully you enjoyed them. Uh, I had fun I, recording them for the most part, even the ones that are bad, which is most of them. Yeah, the, I had a lot of fun. I had fun getting them. drunk and yelling at those movies with Denzel. <laughs> Yes, same. It was it was a fun time. Uh, the reason why I'm so down on it is because it was a lot more tedious it's, than it, I thought it would. Commentaries be. are cool until you realize the schedule and the editing and like. I mean, there's there's no editing. no editing, but like you know the yeah, that's a good point because we sync it up. Yeah, in the recording, we just watch the movies. Yeah, the problem with it is that you have to be on for two hours. Yeah, movies. Not I don't think any of those movies, with the exception of like two or three of them, are under two hours long. Definitely, none of them are under a hundred minutes. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, sometimes we would watch them back to back. So we were here yeah, some for like of the time. five yeah. hours. We did. I think we did three weekends in a row where we watched two movies in a day. Yeah. And that shit is. It was rough. You have to do the second one. And you just, you, it's not you run out of stuff to say about the movie. You just run it. You run out of the mental energy to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up in the discord. If you recognize which ones we're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let us know. Let's see if you can find out. Spot the magic. And if you don't know, uh, get on the Patreon and listen to those. Yeah. Patreon.com. It's the only way hours. to get them. Don't share that shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't scam us. Don't sign up for the Patreon and then delete your <laughs> pledge a week later. Yeah. At least yeah. wait the month. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll just change it to charge you up front. <laughs> That's not even cynical. That's how you do yeah, it. That's how you fucking do it. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Yeah, whenever. You'll see it. You'll know when it's in your feed. Bye.